Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast. We are here with Sarah Daigle, our special guest, and we interview entrepreneurs from all around the world in their life story, how they got to where they are now, what they're passionate about. It's full of tips and guidance to, that you can start implying today into your life. And Sarah Daigle, our special guest today, she is a success and NLP coach that helps entrepreneurs to clear emotional and unconscious or subconscious blocks to completely elevate in their business and their lives. And I'll hand it over to Sarah a little bit more to intro herself. Hey there, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm super psyched to be here because, you know, I just love talking about this stuff. Um, love helping people get to the root um, of, you know, what's kind of preventing them from getting to the next level um, or up leveling. Uh, so a lot of that is emotional subconscious blocks and obstacles that we just got to work through. And it's just really been my pleasure um, to really to figure this out and, and, and niche into this because I just hate seeing people take the long way <laughs> to doing things when if you can really get at, you know, what's preventing you from accelerating, going to the next level quickly, um, then you're just you're just in a much better place than trying to drag things out <laughs> for months and years. Mm, that is so true. And in talking to you, you know, I feel this sense of calm and peace. And I want to tell you my whole life story. And I'm sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you radiate, you radiate a sense of confidence with like this, this inner, this inner beautiful light and confidence, um, not in a boast, like a boastful or boastful way, like in a very collected, calm way. Like you can tell me anything. I've heard anything before and you can come to me. I have this well of water to give to you and I'm sure your clients feel the same way. And I want to really dive into how you got to where you are, how you got to doing this work. And I'm sure there was a lot of personal work along the way. And kind of what that what that looked like for you to be able to be this well of water now and light for your own clients. Yeah. So I was not, and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I was definitely not always like this. Like actually, the complete opposite. So um, <laughs> for me to even show up and even you know being on podcasts and taking on clients and doing the whole thing um, took a lot of growth. Um, a lot of clearing of my own emotional stuff, stuff that I had no idea what, that was there. Um, so for me growing up, I had a lot of confidence issues. I mean, I lived, you know, a human experience with my, sh my fair share of trauma and things, um, popping up. I actually grew up bald cause I had alopecia, uh, which is an autoimmune disease. So I was bald, and then I also have vitiligo, which is also an autoimmune disease. Um, it's lack of pigmentation um, that appears on your body. So I grew up with that. I had a lot of weird social anxiety, like no friend thing, like the whole thing, um, the bullying thing. Um, so I just was never confident with myself ever. Um, you know, every, all the baggage that comes along with that, you know, from just being weird, <laughs> looking weird, um, and having health issues that just couldn't be explained. Um, I just was never confident, never fully ever in my power, um, never really owning 
my place, my stake in the world, and you know, owning the fact that I could create what I wanted. Um, so yeah, being able to work through that and clear that has just almost like helped me do a 180 so that I could show up with a presence, be confident, and just really be, you know, with heart too, just be, you know, someone that can actually make a difference in people's lives and like actually really help people. Um, it's the longest time, like I didn't know how to help myself. How could I even help other people? But I always had like that inkling that that was, you know, kind of where my path was headed and I just couldn't figure it out. And then, you know, slowly bit by bit, I started to do the personal development and started to clear my own, my own baggage. Mm, was, thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. <laughs> wow. Because I'm, I'm getting the intuitive feeling that once you, once you started that journey through the tunnel that you felt you were in the dark for a long time, mm -hmm. well, your, your gifts, a lot of your gifts, yeah. it, in, I'm getting the feeling that they were in the dark for a long time. Oh, yeah. And you started seeing the, the light towards the end of the tunnel. You started seeing, oh, and then if I can do this, I can clear these things. If I can become stronger and really appreciate myself, I can guide others in doing this too. And even in a, in a lot deeper way, because of the journey you went through or the length or the duration, the depth of the journey that you've been through, you can help them in no matter what they're going through, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing is everyone has their own stuff. Some people, yeah, I mean, life... I will also say that I don't think life can be fair at times. I mean, a lot of people have had some really serious trauma. And, you know, some, everyone just comes from a different place. But when we are able to know that we don't have to emotionally be tied to these things, like it's such a negative way that it affects our future, affects how we appear in the world. And when we understand that you have control over that, you got to dig into, the, into your emotions and clear the stuff that's in the way. And it doesn't have to be the most painful process. So with NLP, there's a lot of techniques that get up things really fast. Um, and using like the Chinese meridians and clearing things, your body that way. Um, things that just allow you to release and move on. Um, so that's not such a long, dark journey, which I felt like it was kind of for me. So I just want to help people just like, if you got a goal in life and you want to move in your business and move in your career, just like, finding your stuff and clearing it and getting it out of the way so you can just keep moving on. Um, and that's kind of like the space I just really like to, to hold for people. I just don't want people to think that this is such a hard, terrible journey when it's really just, it can be a really beautiful and enlightening journey once you figure out your patterns and once you can forgive, forgiveness is huge, and mm -hmm. let go and just move forward instead of looking backwards. I think would be one of my biggest. Oh, my biggest me too. There's a, I have a favorite song called forgive. And then the name just Trevor, Trevor Hill. I think it's the name, the song, the artist, Trevor Hill, he sings a song called forgive. And then there's like a, a verse in it that it, it always hit. It always brings tears to my eyes. And I completely agree. And I've heard, and I'm sure you hear this from your clients too well, that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how, like, how will you answer that question or that yeah. statement? It just, it needs to be done. It's not even about them. It's about you. 
So they're doing their own thing. They have to handle their own life and how they've shown up in life. And they've really done some wrongs. That's their business. It's your business to detach from what they've done to you. Because if you're letting them affect you, you're not in ownership of your feelings. You're not owning your life. You're completely tied to these other people that have hurt you and everything you do is tied to them. And you want to separate, you want to detach, you want to be able to heal yourself. So it's almost like you're doing it in, I don't want to say a selfish manner, but it's, it really has nothing to do with them. Yes, they hurt you. They may be terrible, sucky people um, who haven't maybe found their way yet, but it's about you and your healing and you cannot go forward in life. I'm going to paraphrase like grossly paraphrase, you know, some Joe Dispenza stuff here, but you cannot go forward in life when you're carrying baggage behind you. And that includes, you know, your wounds tied to other people that have hurt you. Like you really just got to do the letting go and the forgiveness so that you can just elevate yourself in these higher vibrational um, emotions so you can operate more in like peace and love and joy. And you really, really can't do that when you've got like this baggage and, you know, this hurt and resentment especially when it's just tied to other people. I mean, you got to do a lot of forgiveness self that work on yourself too. Um, but when that stuff is carrying around for you, it's really hard for you to like live in flow and ease and just live in an abundant state with, you know, really good, you know, vibrational energies um, within you. Mm, I have complete chills, full body resonance <laughs> when you're saying those things and, and so many stories come to my mind and transformations I've had in my life. Um, like I've, I've seen a huge improvement with the relationship with my parents, for example, and doing a lot of personal work to let go of resentment and mm -hmm. ultimately coming to the conclusion, which you, you may see this a lot with your clients too and family relationships or, or even in any kind of relationships coming to the conclusion that, you know, they did the best with what they had. Right. They really, and that is the ultimate truth that I see through the eye, that I see through my eyes now when I reflect on anything that my parents did or said or, mm -hmm. or, or even individually, mom or dad, individually repeating that to myself and really whole bodily embodying that. Like they did the absolute best they could. And now I'm also a mom and I'm, I repeat that back to myself. Like I did the absolute best I could in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I forgive myself. I will do better next time. And my daughter's healthy and, and she doesn't have any resentment against me. And I'm the one who's not forgiving myself. Like even reflecting that back. And if we are a parent, we did that. We're doing, we are aiming to do the best we can and then our parents you know did the best that, that they could with what they knew and what they had and what are some other universal truths or truths that you see your clients coming to when they're forgiving um so i think you nailed like the biggest one people you know operate and work from the tools that they have so like you had said like it's just what people know and that's just how they're behaving and and that's what causes them um, to actually behave um you know i think that everyone deep down inside and it might be hard to believe with people are with some people that they're they're good intentions like we're all innately good people so somewhere along the journey things happen um to them they have experiences 
Um, again, a lot of it's the childhood imprinting. And so that tends to change people, but I inherently believe that just people are just good. Um, we come out just really loving beings. And if you can, you know, kind of look at people at a different light, even past like maybe all the crap that they've thrown at you or how they act. And if you can really understand, even if you have to imagine them as a little, little tiny baby, and then maybe that was <laughs> the only time that maybe you think they were like pure <laughs> and loving. But if you can just look at that, you know, that them through that lens, I would say it just really helps you um, just forgive and move on. So kind of looking at people through, you know, just really clean, clean lens, pure lens. Um, and just know that, you know, stuff can happen and just not everybody has emotional intelligence to, you know, process that in a good way. And everyone's moving through their own journey at their own pace. Mm, that's true. And I, I find myself sometimes reflecting on a situation that happens and saying, well, oh, maybe they were stressed that day. Mm -hmm. maybe they had they maybe they had too much on their plate they were feeling overwhelmed and coming at it from a compassion a compassionate standpoint and yeah. staying like you we were talking about off air like staying clear in our side of the street because that's really all we can do in every situation is to continue to show up in an in integrity integrity is a big word or really important to me. I'm following through no matter what the other person is giving or reflecting. And I can walk away from the situation and say, I did my best. I said, please, I said, you know, like what, whatever it is, I stayed in my integrity. And I know that they're, that they're capable of coming into their own integrity and their own power. And that's totally up to them if right. they want to or not. And I support them in, in either way. And then like, if they're not wanting to come into their integrity, then I'm going to exit the situation and that's okay too. I said my piece. I did the best I could. Yeah. And what I've seen in that is usually, I would say 95% of the time, people do choose to be good and step into their integrity, even if they haven't in the past, even if mm -hmm. they've done things that they regret. And they're like, wow, they feel called to step in, to step into that because they're coming into alignment, like you were saying, with our vibration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, one of the biggest things I really, you know, tend to drive home with people is you can't change other people and you don't even want to try to force that on someone else because first, that's usually if they're just not on that same wavelength. They're just going to reject the notion that they need to do any type of personal development or change or adapt. They're just going to figure out on their own. And usually it is your vibrational energy. So I don't know if you're aware of like the scale of consciousness by Dr. David Hawkins. Um, essentially that it's this chart that, you know, all of our emotions, it's kind of like a calibration, um, carry a, a certain um, frequency, vibration. So really low emotions are really low on the scale. That's when you're kind of take on um, this constrictive, everything's happening to me ideal ideology. And then as you move further up the scale, you're more in the emotions of love and joy all the way up to like entitlement or not entitlement, but enlightenment. Um, and that's when you're more preactive and you're, you're actually receiving, but you just, 
operate from this, this really light loving place in the world. Um, and I'm trying to think where I was going with that scale. Um, where was I going with that scale? Well, anyways, so, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So the higher up you go on the scale, I, I think he said in his book, Power Versus Force, is people that radiate at like the vibration of love, just that vibration can affect like seven, 750,000 other people. <laughs> like Incredible. just the vibration wise and energy frequency wise, like the higher up you're on the scale, like just your energy alone um, has this ability to just radiate out and, you know, share the energy with uh, thousands of other people. So when it comes to your intimate relationships, just you being you, keeping your side of the street clean, um, just continuing to be coming from a loving place, usually that does end up having like this osmosis effect on other people. It does. It does. I was, I was reminded, well, so many things came up as you were talking and I was reminded of a, of a good friend that was asking my advice on going through a divorce and, and I've been through um, two divorces and I would say that cause I'm very open about it. <laughs> Both of them were, were peaceful or especially the second one. It was, I didn't see that it, there was any intention or possibility for it to be peaceful. And I kept, mm -hmm. I kept the intention. I kept the hope of it, it working out for the best and being peaceful. And he did somewhat, you know, every now and then come into alignment and it was able to be a win-win and so mm -hmm. to speak, as much as it's possible to be a win-win in a devastating situation like that, it, it was not catastrophic or devastating. And I kept the intention of this is a person I love and I will probably always love. And I had, if I was in love with him at one point, I need to hold that, that I don't want to destroy him in any mm -hmm. way. That's not, it's not fair. And even if he wants to destroy me um, in any way, I, I'm not going to return that. I'm not going to reflect that back to him, no matter what, no matter how many times he aims to, to pull me or influence me into this pattern. I am not in that pattern. I am not going to do that. I am adamant in not destroying this person and letting them have the opportunity to flourish and live a happy life with or without me. Mm -hmm. And because I held that intention so adamantly, he also came into alignment with that intention too. And we were able to work through everything in a peaceful way. And the more stories I hear, it doesn't, a lot of women feel like that's not a possibility mm -hmm. when they're in that kind of situation and they feel that they need to react to the other person. Oh, well, he's doing this. I need to get even. <laughs> I have right. to react. I have to give a response. It's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe no, maybe you don't have to give a response. Maybe mm -hmm. the best response is to listen and support and not engage, not engage. I mean, you're still engaging. And you can still engage, but in the way that you are in your own integrity, yes. in the way that you're keeping your side of the, the street clear and you feel good about the things you're saying, not in the way that I'm in reactive mode and mm -hmm. I let this person guide me in my own actions instead of like you were saying. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is also, I wanted to touch on um, addictions and how recently I 
was able to see um, a person who's addicted um, to to drugs and they they're going through this whole um, rehabilitation process and it was really impactful for me to see how their the reasoning for why they're in this process is because of other people right and things that other people did to them and they're holding on like you were saying they're so constricted and they're holding on to this intensely and and constricting themselves where they're not aware that they're that they're doing this it's very unconscious and then blaming giving their power so to speak mm -hmm. it's how i see it i see blaming or criticism is like or letting someone guide your emotions and that we are giving our power away and mm -hmm. forgiveness and letting go and being in love and light is we are reclaiming our power and opening up to to more of the universe and everything that the universe has to give to us in an expansive kind of way. How, how will you, or what is your opinions on that, of the process, I guess? What do you ask yourself even, the process to start the forgiveness? A lot of that is, my opinion on that is, when people shift into like understanding what they have control over. And then when you do the shift, you know, you really get into it, then you finally realize that you have control over everything. Like <laughs> you're constructing and are deliberate creator of your own reality. But I mean, that kind of is a, a, a faraway path for a lot of people, especially those with addiction. So there's a lot that goes, you know, into addiction and, and helping to overcome addiction. But the biggest thing is being able to forgive yourself. Cause then there's a lot of deep underlying like guilt and shame. Like those are some really, very low, but they're in all everybody. But those are the emotions that really kind of keep people in these patterns. And obviously, I think shame is one of the big ones. Um, and then there's guilt, this guilt from yourself, and how you've been and that is just really hard to face. So once people kind of make the shift and start to understand, you know, it's okay for me to do start doing this work, it's okay for me to start seeing things and myself in the world in a different light and start to take a little bit more ownership over their life themselves and then start to kind of get into that place of being able to like really let go and do the forgiveness work with themselves first. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's key. Cause you know, when you have addictions, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of you know, hurting other people that may have transpired that may have been done and a lot of hurting yourself. So it is just kind of being able to shift and see, yourself in the world in just a, a little bit of different light just to kind of grasp onto these concepts just a little bit uh, a little bit that kind of then helps people to actually first get the help that they need from like you know you know a professional you know if they're really deep in the addiction because um, otherwise people are just going to keep living um, as if life is happening to them um, so it does just take a little bit of a shift just to kind of see things differently go get the help that they need in whatever way that they need. Um, but then also then diving into being able to uncover and kind of face the things that they've got these deep rooted, like really negative guilt and shame um, emotions harboring inside them. Mm. Once they forgive and start to let go, that that's another layer. Yeah. That's going to yeah. come yep. up. Another layer, but usually it's going to start with kind of like being able to kind of, 
work on yourself and your forgiveness of yourself and then kind of like maybe look at how you have affected other people. But it usually comes down to self first and being able to take that first step and just kind of like forgive yourself so that you can then go on and do other work needed within yourself and then do the other work needed with the relationships with the people in your life. Um, but, you know, a lot of it is just kind of being able to crack that open just a little bit um, and do some of that work. And then you can just keep going and going and going. Wow. That is, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I want to dive into uh, triggers because I know we mentioned that offline and mm-hmm. wow, that is, as we're doing this personal work, these things come up and we're like, where in the world did this come from? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I did not know this was there. Uh, that is so painful. It is so extremely challenging to take a step back. It takes a lot of self-awareness, I feel like, to take a step mm-hmm. back when we are feeling triggered and be like, whoa, um, I reacted way more than I knew that I was going to react. And it's not about you. It's not personal to you. This is something going on with me. Are you open to explore this with me? Or that's mm-hmm. kind of the languaging that that I'll use with, with people that are close to me. And then they start to adjust to using that language too. Or also my daughter will be like, I, I had a really hard day today, or maybe I didn't sleep well. And I'm sorry. I said, I said X, Y, Z, or I need some time by myself. But like, what do you suggest of how people can, in my opinion, I don't think that people need to avoid the triggers because I've heard a lot of people say that too. Oh, well, you know, if you triggered that person, it's your fault because you weren't able to uh, step around the landmines. Like I don't even know again, like I don't even know the landmines there. Right. So there's no way. And I have a, a very um, a unconscious gift to uncover a lot of those for people mm-hmm. and be like, this is fascinating. Let's dive deep. And then they're, they're like floating on the clouds and they feel enlightened after a conversation with me and I've never been afraid to dive deeper into those and I don't see it as I need we need to avoid them because there's no healing in stepping around the landmine so what is some of the languaging that you would suggest that people people use around that or how do they become more self-aware of those triggers for themselves so it's kind of taking the third person perspective, like a surveillance camera. So looking at the picture, taking the emotion out of it. So when we're in a hot situation, we're feeling triggered. That's all emotionally driven. So when we react and when other people react, or if you're just in like a, you know, like a, just a situation, a thing, a conflict, um, if you can take yourself out of that emotionally and look at things from a neutral place, um, that will almost always stop you, A, from reacting whether or whoever is right or wrong, you can see things in a different perspective. Um, so it's being able to know and know that it's coming on and know that you're, you're about to be in it. You're going to be in the thick of, of something and just being able to take a minute and just kind of just observe the situation. And it does take a little bit of, of training and being able to like control yourself a little bit. Um, so you're not just, you know, sparring and heading just into this, you know, this fire, but being able to take a moment and step out and just kind of look at things as an observer. Um, Cause that really just helps the whole situation. It helps how you're going to react. It helps you understand perhaps even the perspective of the other person, whether 
you know, they're completely what you deem to, to think they're just completely wrong and crazy or, or whatever, but to really just not feel like you need to be combative or be in, you know, this, you know, huge argument. If you can just allow yourself to just take a minute and just take a step back and just look at it without all your emotions. So that I think is the number one thing of, of just also finding out what triggers you. Like when you can do that deep work and you can really find what kind of like gets at you and then clear those out of the way um, emotionally and the belief systems behind those that might be limiting, um, that helps. But just being able to like look at things with a different lens and a different perspective, even when you're in it, is really, really helpful. That is helpful. And what's the languaging that's possible to use around that? If you're in a conversation, maybe it's hard to say, one second, I need to take a step back. Because because they're like, hey, we're in a conversation and they're heated. Mm-hmm. And how, how are you suggest that people, this goes, I guess, to creating boundaries. How do they create that boundary? Like, hey, I need a minute. Or I'll say to my daughter, um, I'm experiencing a lot of anger right now. And mm-hmm. this is not about you. I'm not angry at you. I love you. Can you please give me a minute? And it's not often, but every now and then it's come up. And so she's like almost 12. So it's come up a few times and she's always like, oh, okay, mom. Okay. Like we can talk about this in a minute. She's very respectful of that. I don't, I don't know if in a romantic partnership or with family, I feel like they may need to adjust or that it may be hard for them to hear. Like, I don't want to stop the conversation right now. I want to keep talking. What, what would you suggest in that way? I suggest, uh, you know, the boundary thing. I mean, eventually people are going to stop yelling if no one's yelling back at them (laughs) or they're going to stop being combative if they don't have that force coming at them because that's what keeps the fire going is, you know, people back and forth um, engaging. So I think it's a boundary thing Um, that's worked really well for me in my life and I've been able to help clients with that too. So just sometimes you just you just stop engaging and eventually the other person is just gonna they're gonna have to stop you can't like try to have a a combative conversation with the wall eventually it's gonna stop and they're going to have to understand that maybe that conversation isn't gonna go further at that moment so it's gonna be weird it's definitely always like when you stop engaging and other person is gonna get frustrated and think that you don't care and there's a whole bunch to that but you know, I think that's just better than just fueling a fire and just being in this thing. So it is setting up the boundary. And if you, you can say, you know what, we can pick this up at a different time. You know, I've, you know, I'm just not going to engage with you. That's obviously going to piss them off, but they're going to eventually <laughs> stop. <laughs> so in setting that boundary, we need to be okay with them experiencing some upset and mm-hmm. let yeah, go, and- detach and let go of it. Correct. And a lot of that also comes down to for you to be able to even create those boundaries and not engage. A lot of that comes with to your own emotions about, you know, in being in your power, being firm, having the self-worth that, you know, you don't have to engage in this anymore. So there's some stuff behind the scenes that, you know, people will, will have to clear within themselves so that they can feel comfortable standing their ground and just not engaging in the conflict. Um, but life kind of just really just starts to shift because all of a sudden you start to notice that people aren't as combative with you. Like it's almost like 
you know, if you, I don't know about you, but I used to experience terrible like road rage and traffic and like people just cutting me off all the time. And when I started to like do the shifts around this stuff, like all of a sudden, like almost every, I don't have to commute, but I work from home, but when I'm in traffic, it's just like, it's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, that's like a small example of how so true. this stuff shifts, but it correlates to like the rest of your life, your relationships. It really does. Yeah. When I'm, I'm, my friends tease me that I'm a grandma driver because I'm like, oh, you want in? Go ahead. Okay. Mm. You too. Go ahead. And then I start to, and that's kind of always how I've been, even when I was a teenager. And I start to think, everybody's so nice. Like everybody lets me in because everybody's reflecting back how I'm driving. And they're like, oh, you need in? Okay. Go ahead. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so nice. Everybody's. (laughs) (laughs) So I find myself reflecting it back to them, even, and saying, saying those things. I just love the way people drive. Wow. Look at that. They let me in. They didn't even have to let me in. How kind. Right. Wow. You just see things differently. And so I, I, such an energy thing with me is I just, I just know just our energy when we come from that place, it just affects everyone else. And you can tell. It is. It does. It does. And, and not thinking that they're trying, like, there's a funny story. Or my mom refuses to use her blinkers or her, her side lights because she thinks that if she does that, they're going to speed up. And they're not going to let her over. So then she, then she ends up cutting someone else off. And then they start honking her, at her and they're mad at her. And she's like, oh, I knew they were going to be mad at me because otherwise they were going to try to not let me in. So there's this whole cycle of her being frustrated, feeling frustration. But it, though she's the one who's not using her blanker and putting them in danger because they didn't know she was getting over. So it's kind of funny. I'm like, mom, use your blinkers. It's like, no, because then they're going to be <laughs> aggressive against me. It's like, well, not everybody on the road is after you and thinking right. about you. and trying. To- <laughs> People really appreciate yeah. blinkers. Just give it a try for a day. <laughs> yes, yeah, give them a heads up. Like, I would rather somebody give me a heads up and then I can be like, oh, let me let them in. Let me mm-hmm. slow down. Or that's my philosophy yeah. of, of, of the driving thing. But that's really funny. So, Sarah, as we're wrapping up the, yeah. the last – the last feedback that you have for our audience, like what are two, let's say two to five strategies that you would give them to implement even today in emotional well-being and emotional shifts that they're going through that you've seen, like that are the most common or that you've seen that will really impact them. A lot of peer, people, you know, admit to having fears, fear of judgment, fear, fear, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of embarrassment. I suggest people to, you know, if it needs, to, if it means taking out their journal, breaking that out, going a little bit deeper into the fears, because to me, the fear stuff is like the top layer. Beneath that is self worth stuff, as far as emotions go. And just look at and kind of think about how much are you really owning your power? How much are you really feeling confident in your gifts and your ability to help people and serve and whatever it is with your business and career? And how much are you valuing yourself? And just kind of doing a little bit of the work, um, just seeing where you've been hurt and where you need to forgive and where you need to let go. Um, I think that's just the stuff that we can do at any time. Um, taking a look at your goals and, or whatever your desires and ambitions are, and just thinking about what do you have to believe for those to come true and digging into that and finding those limiting beliefs and then getting a little bit deeper than the limiting belief stuff. Cause I think again, to me, that's a lot of the top level work because there's always some emotions behind it. So 
seeing where you're stuck, seeing where you're not moving in the way that you want to, and then just being able to just do some of that work. Because it's some of the stuff we just don't want to face sometimes, especially when it's a little bit deeper. Because um, you'll find that when you are stuck in a place, and yeah, I love strategy and, and systems and all of that, but it's usually there's an emotional thing behind it. So just giving yourself the permission to do that. And then if there's a whole bunch of stuff there, then definitely, you know, get with the coach or get with the therapist or whoever the healer that you work with or, or find whatever resource you can if you need to get into that. But just giving yourself the permission to like see what's there and then know that that can be released and cleared. Hmm. So super powerful, Sarah. Hmm. Thank you. And You're welcome. how can people reach out to you? What's the best way people can get in? So, yeah, you can check out my website. It's sarahkdaigle.com. As of right now, it's actually being revamped, but it should be up shortly. Um, and then on Facebook, my business page is Sarah Daigle. And my Instagram is Sarah K. Daigle. Sweet. Is there one that's better than the other one? Are you in all of them? I'm in all of them. I would say Facebook for sure. Spending a lot of time on okay. Facebook right now. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for having me.